Welcome to the St. Richard's Episcopal Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Rev. Cameron Nations. For more information, please visit strichards.org. So our daughter Cece is now two and a half, and we are right in the thick of the stage where you watch a movie not once, Y'all know, right? But on, on repeat, uh, a lot of times. I, I lo- lose count, okay, but a lot of times. I won't say an infinite number because eventually I believe it will end, okay? But, um, but thankfully, uh, Cece's grace is that uh, she's got a little rotation, like a playlist of a handful of movies. And so it does at least lend some variety, but it's, it's those like five or six movies we just watch over and over and over. <clears throat> which keeps them at top of mind. So one of those movies is Moana. How many of you have seen Moana? Okay, great. That's enough people where I don't feel bad about the fact that I am literally going to spoil the plot of this movie <laughs> in just a moment. So I will tell you, this is now your warning. If you do not want the plot of Moana to be spoiled, you have roughly 10 seconds before I do that very thing. I know some of you are probably like, I could care less about the plot of Moana, but having a get out of the sermon free card, I will, <laughs> I may leave, I may do it. But no, so um, Moana's actually a great movie. You should watch it. It's very good. Um, and uh, the, the, the basic sort of premise of the story has to do with uh, this deity, Tefiti, Um, whose heart, which is like this little green stone thing, um, has been absconded with by the demigod Maui, okay? And uh, Moana lives on this island, and she's the daughter of the chief, so she's going to have to step into this, you know, responsibility of leading the village. Um, But some some bad stuff starts happening. Uh, The waters, which provided just countless fish, right, to to, uh, feed the village, um, the fish, are nowhere to be found. Uh, The coconuts and the trees start to sort of turn black and rotted and and sort of ashen looking, and and the crops aren't growing. And so this verdant island that once was such a source of provision now is not. And this is because Tefiti's heart is missing. So Moana's got to go return the heart. It's oversimplification, but you can watch the movie, okay? Anyway. Near the end of the movie, uh, you, there is a big face-off with another giant deity named Taka, and Taka is terrifying. In fact, actually, I don't know how my toddler really watches this. It's probably not good. Taka is like this uh, scary-looking lava monster thing. She's like on fire, throws fireballs, and, and makes banshee screams, okay? That's, that's Taka, okay? And Moana's got to get through Taka to be able to return the heart of Tefiti. Except, this is your last morning, I'm about to spoil the movie, okay? <laughs> Except, it turns out, Taka is Tefiti the whole time. But having been separated from her heart, has turned into this like wretched, fire-breathing, angry thing, rather than this like, glorious, I mean, she looks like a Hawaiian island, not, 
coincidentally, right? She's supposed to. With like flowers and waterfalls. She's this giant, beautiful, verdant thing. Uh, but she's turned into this fire-breathing monster, okay? And there's this moment at the climax of the film where uh, Moana is singing this song to Taka, who doesn't sing back. That's not a thing that lava monsters do, okay? So it's just Moana shoots to Taka, who's wailing and doing stuff. But there's a line in this song where Moana says, I know your name. Right? Like, I know who you really are, actually. And it's actually this very deeply powerful moment, and I can't watch it with my toddler for fear of undermining my parental authority by having her see me cry like a baby. Okay, it's a movie. <laughs> Incidentally, as I said at 8 o'clock, it's the very same reason why I have never watched Toy Story 3 after seeing it in theaters. And if any of y'all have seen Toy Story 3, you know why as a like, guy in my early 20s going to see it in the theater. I was so glad that it was in 3D because I needed to put the 3D glasses on so people wouldn't see the tears streaming down my face <laughs> as Andy left for college, you know? And I was like, oh, no. Anyway, Moana has the same impact. But anyway, it is a powerful scene. It's a powerful scene. And the reason that I was thinking about it this morning is actually because it's not all that dissimilar from the reading that we have from the prophet Isaiah, though it may not seem like it at first glance. Because like, just like every lectionary reading we have, they're always pulled out of context. We're not really seeing the full story. And Isaiah is a very long book of the Bible anyway, so you couldn't really read all, the whole thing at one go in a church service. But here we have from Isaiah 40 these questions from the very beginning. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? Now, these questions are not directed at, I don't know, people on the outside. These questions uh, are directed by the prophet at the people of Israel, at God's own people. So the answer to all of these is yes, in parentheses, right? Yes, they have known. Yes, they have heard. Yes, it has been told to us from the beginning. But, as often happens, when we become separated from our heart, when we endure challenge, trial, difficulty, exile, I mean, the Israelites were going through it, right? When we become disconnected from our story and who we are, it becomes easy to forget it. And so here, the prophet is calling God's people back to who they really are. To the God, not only whom they serve, but who is still with them, even in the midst of their difficulty. Lift up your eyes on high and see, Isaiah said. Who created these? He who brings out their host and numbers them, calling them all by name. I didn't just think of Moana because I've had to watch it a lot. Okay, it was in here. <laughs> because he is great in strength, Isaiah says, mighty in power. Not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord and my right is disregarded by my God. Why do you say you've forgotten the story 
Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He doesn't faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. He strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint, Isaiah says. Remember who you are, and more importantly, whose you are, right? Whose you are. Now, this is, well, this is our penultimate, I guess, Sunday before Lent. We've got one more Sunday before Ash Wednesday, well, before Shrove Tuesday, I guess I should say. We've got to eat so many pancakes, we have to repent of it. And then, so we have Shrove Tuesday, we've got Ash Wednesday. So we have one more Sunday before Lent starts. And I know Lent itself is a season of preparation, but I always find myself this time of year needing to prepare to do the preparing, you know? I kind of have to give some thought to it, especially this year. Lent is so early. I feel like I just got done with Christmas, and we're turning our attention now to a totally different season. And so I'm thinking about where my heart is headed into this Lent. What are the things that have been standing in my way of my relationship with God? What do I need to be reminded of to turn back towards God? Because that really is what the work of repentance is. That's what Lent really is all about, is remembering who we really are. That's what repentance is all about, remembering who you really are. Now, I don't know. I may have turned into a lava monster in between now and last Lent. I have no idea, okay? You'll have to ask Carly about that. Um, but regardless, we become separated over time from who we really are. And we become separated over time from the story of salvation that binds us together and that gives us hope and joy in what is to come. In essence, we become separated from Easter, and that's what the story is, right? And so as we get close and closer to a season that's all about reuniting us with the heart of who we are, it would be my prayer this morning that we would live into the prayer we began our worship service with today. That we would be set free from the bondage of our sin and given the liberty of that abundant life which God has made known to us in His Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ that we would not grow weary, that we would remember that God strengthens us in our times of trouble. As the psalm says, God heals our bro the brokenhearted and binds up our wounds. He counts the number of the stars and calls them all by their names. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. There's no limit to his wisdom. He lifts up the lowly. He casts the wicked to the ground. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving, the psalm says. He covers the heavens with clouds and prepares rain for the earth. He makes grass to grow on the mountains and green plants to serve mankind. 
He provides food for flocks and herds and for the young ravens when they cry. He's not impressed by the might of a horse. He has no pleasure in the strength of men. But the Lord has pleasure in those who fear him and in those who await his gracious favor. His gracious favor. As we prepare our hearts for a season of preparation, remember who you are, who God has called you to be, and that God is with you even now, no matter what you're facing. He will bind you up if you're brokenhearted. He'll provide where it seems like there is no provision. And together, we will come to know him and love him more and more each and every day. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. For service times or more information on St. Richard's, please visit strichards.org.